Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to reflect on 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, specifically, where God says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. You can be seated. We were encouraged in the gospel lesson to stay awake, and, and that's what Advent is, as, as Pastor Brandt alluded to. It's this eager anticipation of the return of King Jesus, and he gives us this admonishment, this encouragement to stay awake, to be on guard, to be alert, waiting for his return. And the beautiful thing about this is King Jesus does not just give a command and leave us powerless to accomplish that task. He gives us gifts, and we're going to be reflecting on those gifts that he uses to empower us to live out our lives of faith. Today we're going to talk about strength, next weekend comfort, joy, and then presence, his very presence, uh, Christmas Eve mornings. But today we're going to talk about strength. And I've been reflecting on this a little bit, and, and it's not just our culture, it's cultures around the world that seem to have this ideal that strength is a good thing to have. That's, when you turn on the news lately, this is what you're seeing, especially with the foreign relations type stuff. North Korea, what's North Korea doing? Trying to develop its technology so that it can launch ballistic missiles this way should it desire to or need to, right? It's getting to the point now where some 4,500 miles, uh, the, the ballistic missiles can make it now probably to D.C., their analysts say. What's happening? A smaller country is looking at a larger country and saying, we're strong! We're strong! Don't threaten us. Iran is doing the same thing to Europe. Saying, we have the technology, we just haven't implemented yet, but Europe, if you threaten us, we're strong! We value strength. Nations value strength. It's something that we all aspire to, right? Let me ask you this question. I'm going to kind of phrase it differently. Who likes to win? All right, now let me ask you this. And and you don't need to confess out loud, but have you ever heard the phrase, winning isn't everything? Now, Now, on the outside, we say that winning isn't everything. But what are you feeling on the inside? Oh, you better believe winning is everything. I mean, aren't we, who here's kind of preoccupied with sports, or at least knows of sports, right? This time of year, as we get into championship games, or, or we anticipate other big games, uh, we want our team to win. We, we like winning. We also like just the, the stories of people overcoming great odds and, and this great hope. And, and even in our news broadcasts, after it's bad news, bad news, bad news, bad news, the very last story is usually good news. Oh, nice feel-good story. Well, I have a a, a story of a winner uh, that comes out of Ohio, and it's just, maybe you've heard of this story. It's about five years ago at a state championship, a young girl, junior, by the name of Megan Vogel. I'm going to show you her picture. She's the one on the right. right. Megan uh, was an accomplished athlete. A track uh, was her... Long-distance track was her specialty. Uh, She ran two events on this particular day, uh, a 1,600 event and a 3,200 event. In the 1,600, she won hands down. She took first place. About an hour later, she had to step in and run 3,200 meters. She found herself exhausted. By the last three laps, she was in 
last place. And she pushed through and pushed through. And as she made her way around that final turn, she noticed the runner in front of her, her, her name is Arden McVath, fall to the track just some 20 meters from the finish line. And so Megan, without even thinking, runs up to her, scoops her up, throws her arm over her shoulder, and they proceed to go towards the finish line. And the crowd just goes wild. Yeah! Then, Megan takes Arden's arm as they cross that line or get to that finish line, and she pushes her over so that she goes before her, and then the crowd erupted even more. Whoa! What a show of character. What a great athlete. What a story. And then when you look at the social media, sometimes social media just, just drives me bonkers, okay? Because people get to air their opinion, and if you would think before you type or tweet, boy, this world would be a better place. I mean, leaders can learn from that, right? All right, so here we go. This is the kind of thing that was said. The girl was in last place. What would she have done if she was in second? Attacking her character. 16-year-old again. All right. Megan showed compassion, but she showed others that she's soft and she can be taken advantage of. 16, 17 years old. Did what she thought was right. And people are going, you're weak. And then I get to thinking... You know, we have such an ideal here where you've you got to be strong. You've got to put on that, that strong face. Even if your world's falling apart, we're strong. I'm fine. And, and I've done ministry with you, and you've ministered to, to me in, in the short time that we've been together. And, and, you know, the reality is, is every single one of us at, at times where we have weaknesses, we have brokenness. And when we try to measure up to that ideal, even if we give it our all, even if we put everything that we have into it, and we're just not measuring up, or it's just not changing, or the trial's just not being taken away, and you're exhausted, you're fatigued, and you're just worn out, and you don't know how much more you can go. God speaks to you. And that's one of the gifts that King Jesus gives us in our life of faith. Before he returns, he wants us to, you to, to consider this. All right. Weakness can be an even greater blessing than any strength that we have in ourselves. Weakness can be an even greater blessing than any strength that we in our human condition have within ourselves. Now the world sees that and they say, you who practice a religion, really what you're doing is you just need a crutch. You don't have what it takes to be over in our camp. So you just use religion as a crutch. You're weak. I'm going to talk a little bit about that towards the end of the message. Because the world is taking a value of saying, you need to be strong, you need to succeed, you need to be upwardly mobile, and yet God's message to us with this type of understanding is that his grace is sufficient, that his power is made perfect in weakness. What is he saying? He's calling us to surrender. He's calling us to be dependent on him, to, to worry about our neighbor, to treat others with con- kindness and practice humility. The world sees kindness and humility and as weakness sometimes, and, and people will sometimes take advantage of that, and you know what? So be it. God wants to open our eyes to the strength that he gives us 
in his son Jesus Christ. And so he inspired Paul to write to the Corinthian church, not one letter, but two letters uh, about where strength truly comes from. So in 1 Corinthians, uh, we have the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Two verses later, God has chosen what is foolish in the world to shame the wise and God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. Then in 2 Corinthians, the, the second letter, in chapter 13, he says, Christ was crucified in weakness, but he lives by the power of God. We were also weak in him, but dealing with you, we will live with him by the power of God. God gives us his strength. You see, strength, God wants to, to show how he manifests strength, and it does it in, in the least expected way for us on this side of paradise. In weakness, Christ on the cross. Do do you see this depiction of Jesus here? This is the strength of the world. This is the Lamb of God who would take away the sin of the world. This is the one who would defeat death and Satan and the devil. And right now he looks like a broken man hanging from a tree in utter weakness, crucified with nails in his hands and in his feet, with a a spear that hits his side, with blood pouring out of his body and water, a heart broken. He allows himself to be crucified. And in that weakness, he overcomes the might of the devil. He gives strength over sin your sin and mine. He overcomes that strength. And in the power of death in our lives, he overcomes that. And how does he do it? All by suffering, by bleeding, by dying, in a weakness that you and I cannot fully understand. When, when you consider Jesus, his life, his, his birth, his, his death, that is the statement of how God was going to manifest his strength to the world. And the world didn't get it. And I and honestly say it now, it still doesn't fully get it. Jesus doesn't fit the image that the people had in Bible times of the Messiah. They were looking for that mighty king, a king kind of like King David, who would lead the armies and take this small nation of Israel who was saying, we're strong, and go against the Roman Empire, and, and they hoped that the Roman Empire would be defeated But this is what they get. They get a babe who's born in a a stable or a cave who for 30 years didn't make much of a mark in history. When he got into his earthly ministry, people would ask the question, Nazareth? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Isn't this just a carpenter's son? When he did his earthly ministry, he, he worked with uneducated fishermen. He talked to tax collectors, he hung out with prostitutes, he he basically was ministering to the outcasts, the religious rebellious. He did some pretty cool things. He fed thousands, he forgave sins, he calmed seas, and, and that wasn't enough for the world. The world says, I want more, show me more, prove who you are. He talked about the love that God had for his children. 
He talked about him being the son of God. And in that, he found himself in a position where he had to allow himself to be crucified because he was going against the grain. He showed that God's true strength comes in the weakness of his son going to the cross. And in his weakest moment, he was still stronger than anything the world could throw. That's why God wants you and I to to know as Christians that his grace truly is sufficient for us. And his power is made perfect in weakness. And we should just be good with that. God's grace is there. And we, period. And it's for us. And I have to struggle with that every time I get into the pulpit here with you because the reality is when I think a message has bombed, that's the time when you, many of you, come up to me and say, Pastor, that was a great message. When you said these words, uh, it spoke directly to my heart and I'll go, I didn't say that. Right? What's happening? God is taking my jumble of words and he's speaking to your heart right where you need it. The Holy Spirit changing words, speaking to your heart in that weakness that you have and saying, I have you. Here's the thing. The world says that you who rely on religion, it's just a crutch. Well, you know what you can say to them? No, it's not a crutch. I don't need a crutch. I needed to be rescued. You see, because I was dead. I was dead. I was cut off from God. I needed everything that he, there was nothing in me. I was dead, and I needed to be rescued. And that's what he did. He rescued us. In the power of the crucifixion, in the the risen Christ, he's rescued us. He's redeemed us. He says, you are mine. You have my strength. And that is an amazing gift. Crutch? No. Rescue? Yeah. And we get to live a life that reflects that glory. Now, a, a pastor, there's a story of a pastor trying to use an, uh, a talk to help people live the straight and narrow life. And after that talk, he was trying to make his way back home, either by airplane or train, I can't remember. A young man had heard that story, and he approached him. He said, Pastor, I heard you talking. How do you expect people to live the, the straight and narrow life? And that pastor had a couple of writing implements in his hand, in his pocket, He pulled one out and he says, can you make this pencil stand up? The young man thought about it for a moment. And the pastor reached over and he says, oh, but pastor, you're holding it. Yeah, alone, it can't do anything. In the hands of someone else, it can be a tremendous instrument. You, in the hands of God, are an instrument to bring him glory and witness to the world. Even if it's broken, Even if you're broken, you were a powerful instrument because God has given you his strength. Strength to make a difference in the world with the power of the risen Christ. Amen? Amen.